Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio, Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with over 167 episodes broadcast on NBC Radio from 1949 to 1953, we bring to you Dangerous Assignment. Dangerous Assignment, transcribed starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to prove that sometimes the nicest thing that can happen to a guy is to get shot at. Morning, Commissioner. You sent for me? Steve, an ad will appear in a Paris newspaper tomorrow night. The job offered by an internationally famous magician named Paul Ducasse. You're going to answer his ad. Oh, now, wait, Commissioner. If he's looking for someone to saw in half... He's anxious to secure the services of an English-speaking tutor for his ten-year-old boy. You're it. Oh, great. Me a tutor yet. Look, suppose I don't fill the bill. It's all been arranged with Ducasse as a means of getting you into the household without arousing suspicion. Suspicion of anyone in particular? Yes, a Madame Berkoff. As a child's governess, she's accompanied Ducasse on several world tours during the past years. He suspected for some time that she's involved with a spy ring, Steve that she's passing information to foreign agents here and abroad. I see. Several days ago, just before they sailed from New York, Ducasse overheard part of a conversation she had with someone over the phone. She acknowledged receipt of certain information, said it would be delivered to somebody in Paris by Friday of this week. Any idea what sort of information this is? From what Ducasse could gather, it had to do with the movement of troops. Oh, so I ease into the Ducasse household, but why is a tutor to a ten-year-old? Because you're going to have to keep a close watch on the boy, too. Wait a minute. Don't tell me he's mixed up in this. Unknowingly, yes. Get over to Paris, Steve. Talk with Ducasse. He'll explain. Find out what this information is and see that it isn't passed on. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. There's more great mystery and adventure every week on most NBC stations when Dragnet brings you the authentic stories of your police force in action. Dragnet means thrill-filled entertainment. From crime to punishment, Dragnet stories are true. Be sure to hear Dragnet. And there's more adventure and excitement when you tune for Barry Craig, confidential investigator, with William Gargan in the title role. There's always high adventure when Barry Craig takes on an action-filled case. Another exciting program is The Big Story. The Big Story brings you true stories directly from the pages of our nation's leading newspapers. 
Remember to hear these adventure-packed programs every week on the NBC Radio Network. Sure, I've got my assignment. Get over to Paris, take over the job as a tutor to a 10-year-old, and somehow intercept certain military information before it reaches a foreign agent there. How the 10-year-old is involved, I don't know, but... It ought to be interesting finding out. It's Wednesday a.m. when my plane lands. I check in at a hotel and consult the ad placed in the newspaper by Paul DeCasse. Then I head for the address, a small villa on the outskirts of Paris. A truck is pulling away from the entrance when I get there. The front door is wide open, and the hall is crowded with packing cases and trunks. And before I can ring the bell, a woman appears suddenly at the far end of the hall, comes running toward me. Truck. I thought I heard you drive away. That's right. Oh, voila. I told the men I wish the trunks taken downstairs. Everything is in such disorder. We arrived ourselves only a few minutes ago. You've been on a trip, I see. A long one at that, huh? America, Monsieur Ducasse has been on tour. I see. Uh, you were Madame Ducasse? Madame Berkov. I'm Monsieur's housekeeper. Oh, my name's Steve Mitchell. I came in answer to this newspaper ad. Oh, I see. You uh, enjoy tutoring, Monsieur? Sure. Sometimes it's a little hard on the nerves. Ah, well, I know. I was Henri's governess for many years. Only last night I learned he was to be taken out of my charge. Frankly, I was relieved. Oh? Monsieur Ducasse is right. Henri is growing up. A man's firm hand is needed. Thank you, Monsieur Kenko, for your visit. I shall leave letters of recommendation with you that you may inspect them at your leisure, Monsieur Ducasse. Of course. You may expect to hear from me not later than this evening, should I decide in your favor. Ah, very well, monsieur. Monsieur Ducasse, this gentleman is waiting to see you. Ah, bien, bien. I'll be with you in a moment, monsieur, as soon as... Uh... Oh, no, 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 do not bother. I'll see myself out, monsieur Ducasse. Good morning. Mm. Madame Berkov, what are all these things doing here in the hallway? The men were instructed to take them downstairs, monsieur, but... But they did they... not do so, eh? Hello, uh, we cannot leave them here. Find Aristide. He's somewhere about the garden, I think. Uh, he will move them for you. Very well, monsieur. This way, monsieur Mitchell. We will talk in my study. So, you have met Madame Berkov, eh? Yeah. I think she was about to paint a rather dismal picture of the situation in an effort to scare me off when you interrupted. That was to be expected. Do sit down, monsieur. Thanks. Who was that man you were just talking to? A Monsieur Kenko, an answer to my advertisement. Excellent references. <laughs> Too excellent. He probably did not expect me to investigate them. Look, uh, Monsieur Ducasse, there are a few things about this case I don't follow. For one thing, how is the boy involved? I believe she is using my son Henri to carry messages for her. What? Yes, not messages in writing, you understand. Rather... The little one carries the message in his brain. Oh, now, wait a minute. Not so fantastic as it sounds, monsieur. Please, I do not mean to indicate that Henri is a genius of some sort. It is not that at all. He's a normal child. A little above average intelligence, yes, but he does possess a remarkable memory. He's a most retentive mind, almost photographic. And Madame, you think, is using his memory to store away her messages? A little story she reads to him. A list of words he must learn to spell. A poem he must memorize. All carefully arranged in code. And the secret is locked safely away in the child's mind. Do you have any proof of this, Monsieur de Casse? Perhaps. Not too long ago, while we were in Berlin, the book came to me one day after touring the city with Madame Berko. 
He described the trip in detail, and I noticed uh, certain irregularities in the street names. One word. <laughs> Naturally, it meant nothing to me then, but later... What was it? Z-I-T-K-O. Zitko. Hey, wait a minute. Anton Zitko. Romanian underground leader. He was murdered in... In Trieste. The day after we had arrived. A uh, coincidence, you think, monsieur? A coincidence, I don't think. It's beginning to look like Ducasse's thinking is along the right lines. Right now, I want to have a chat with the boy, Henri, but... It seems he's been sent to spend the day with his aunt, a move to keep him out of Madame Berkov's reach. We spend the next quarter hour going over our plans, and then I go back to my hotel a few minutes after seven that night. Ducasse phones me. My application has been officially accepted. I check out of the hotel, stop in at a nearby cafe for dinner, and that's when I get the feeling I'm being watched. The feeling is still with me an hour later when the cab I'm in is heading for Ducasse's house. We're flying low through a quiet residential street when I spot the headlights tailing us, closing in fast. Hey, driver. Uh, we, monsieur. The car behind us. If it comes up alongside, keep your eyes open. Uh, but there's no need for alarm, monsieur. Here he comes. Watch it. Hey, he's crowding you. Look out. <laughs> What it... Oh, it is you, Monsieur Mitchell. That's the second time you've been surprised to see me, Madame Berko. Oh, mais no, we were expecting you. Come in. Oh, monsieur, that bruise on your face. Oh, a little auto accident. The other car didn't bother to stop. Mm, you were most fortunate. Yeah, wasn't I? Ah, oh, Monsieur Michel. Good evening. Evening, Monsieur Ducasse. I will show our new tutor to his room, Madame Berko. Very well. I will be in the kitchen should you need me. This way, Monsieur. Upstairs. I overheard what you told Madame Berkov about the accident. It wasn't an accident. Somebody deliberately crashed into us. Somebody who wasn't happy to learn that I'd gotten the job. I didn't get anything of a look at him. Probably a hired hand. Mm. This will be your room, monsieur. And there is the connecting door to Henri's room. Good. If you wish to freshen up... I'd uh, like to see the boy first. Mm. This way. Henri? Henri, I want you to meet... Henri! Henri, where are you? Nowhere in sight. But I told him to remain in his room. Perhaps he's out in the hall. Locked. From here on the inside. He did not use this door. Over there to catch the window. It's wide open. They have taken him, monsieur. Henri is gone. Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. Listen to this and mark it well. More than 10,000 people died last year because they were treated for cancer by quacks. The American Cancer Society urges that you take heed of this shocking fact because treatment for cancer by quacks always leads to death. On the other hand, with prompt, proper medical care, most cancers can be cured. Don't risk your life and don't lose valuable time. If you think you have cancer, go immediately to your physician. For only he can tell you if you have the disease and only he can treat it properly. 
Protect yourself by knowing what to watch for and what to do about cancer. As a part of its educational activities, supported by contributions from the public, the American Cancer Society makes this life-saving information available to you personally or in a program for your union, club, or church group. Address your request to cancer, care of your local post office. Don't delay. Protect yourself now. Now back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Monsieur Mitchell, they've taken my son Henri. Looks like it, Cass. They must have taken him through that open window. We came through the connecting door from my room. We know he didn't leave by that. And his door here into the hall is locked from the inside. He could not have left by that either. Monsieur, if they have my boy... Take it easy, Cass. We'd better get in touch with the police. Yes, yes, at once. Wait a minute. What is it? Here, on the hall floor, a bent hairpin. Hairpin? Madame Berkoff. Could be, but this piece of string here, too, uh... It did not work, Papa. Well, Only. It did not work. Only, huh. are you all right? But of course, Papa. Oh, brother, that's a relief. Yes. But uh, what is this talk of something which did not work? The hairpin and the string, Papa. The hairpin? String? I do not understand. I think I do. It's the old gag where you tie a string to a bent hairpin, hook it to a key, and then run the string under the door. Wait, that is it. I was able to lock the door from the hall, but when I tried to unlock it, the hairpin fell off. Don't read to be trying such a foolish trick at a time like this. But, if... Papa, you are the one who taught me the trick. I? Oh, well, perhaps I did, but that was a long time ago, and I... Yes, I leave you two to become better acquainted. <laughs> See you later, Monsieur Decast. You are my new tutor, Monsieur Mitchell? That's right, Henri. I understand you're just back from America. Oui. Enjoy your trip? Very much. Suppose you tell me a little bit about it. Some of the things you saw and the places you went. Well, New York City was the place I enjoyed the most. Oh? Well, tell me a little bit about New York. We were only there a short time, so I could not learn much about it. But I did learn a little. For instance? Well, New York City is an area of 320 square miles. There are 30 buildings over 500 feet high, four hotels with more than 2,000 rooms. And there are five bills or districts, Manhattan, Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, and Richmond. I... You say you only learned a little about it, huh? There is more. I don't doubt it. Which guidebook did you memorize? (laughs) Go on. A Dutch settler bought the island from the Indians for $24 in the year 1626. It was then called New Amsterdam. Later, the English named it New York. He goes on and on while I stand there with my mouth open. The kid is a walking world almanac. Half an hour later, he runs down, and I stagger to my room, groggy. Ducasse is waiting for me. So, you are getting acquainted with my little Henri, eh? Getting acquainted? I'm getting a college course. That kid's got enough facts and figures in his head to fill a five-foot shelf. <laughs> what will be your next step, Monsieur Mitchell? Henri told me uh, Madame Berkoff had planned to take him to the park tomorrow morning. Oh? Huh? So, I'm going to follow through and see if anyone tries to contact him there. <laughs> Next morning, I take Henri to the park. We settle down on a bench and start feeding the pigeons. And, of course, Henri gives me a short lecture on the various species of the bird. That 
one that perched on the bench over there. The gray one. That is the communist type. Bonjour, monsieur. Hmm? Oh, well, hello. Beautiful morning, n'est-ce pas? It sure is. And she is friendly. Uh, yeah. You ever see her before, Henri? Oh, yes. Here in the park. Did she ever speak to you before? No, I guess I am not old enough. Well, uh, you were telling me about the pigeons now. Yes, that one over there. Well, that... well, my little friend, Mouse, all you calls. Good morning, Monsieur Gillis. This is my new tutor, Monsieur Mitchell. Oh, delighted, Mitchell. Mr. Gillis? Well, Henri, I've missed you these past weeks. You see, uh, Mr. Mitchell, Henri and I are old friends here in the park. I have been on a trip to America. Yes, so I heard. Look here, you must tell me all about it, Henri. I'm always interested to hear anything about the United States. Uh, yeah, Henri, go ahead. Tell him about your trip. I say, no, 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 wait. I have a better idea, Henri. Uh, would you like to go to the carnival this afternoon? Very much. If it is all right with Monsieur Mitchell. Well, why, sure, Henri, sure. Well, splendid. I'll call for you at two o'clock, Henri. You can tell me all about your trip then. <laughs> I'll get it. Oh, Mr. Mitchell. Good afternoon, Mr. Gillis. You're right on time. We'll be ready in just a minute. We? Oh, yes, I thought I'd go with you and Henri. That is, if you don't mind. Well, uh, I would have been delighted, but uh, matter of fact, the reason I stopped by was to give my regrets to Henri. Something's come up I have to attend to. Oh, that's too bad. Yes, I'm frightfully sorry. Uh, please tell him I'm sorry. We'll make it another time soon. All right. Yes, good day. Who was it, Monsieur Mitchell? Gillis. Huh? He changed his mind about the carnival? Yeah, maybe he got scared off when he learned I was going to tag along. Perhaps. You know, I just remembered something. What? Gillis was the one who originally recommended Madame Berkoff to me. Oh, that's interesting. The two of them could be working together. One thing, sure, I can't let Henri out of my sight from now on. Mm, but that poses a problem. If they suspect who you are, nobody will contact the boy while you are around. You mean if they know I'm around? I don't understand. Henri will be disappointed at not going to the carnival, so why not let Madame Berkoff take him? We'll tail along behind and see what happens. <laughs> We give Henri and Madame Berkov a head start, then tail them to the carnival. They wander around, taking it all in, but nobody contacts either one of them. Finally, they sit down on a bench to rest. Madame Berkov takes a scratch pad and pencil out of her purse and gives them to Henri, who starts scribbling on the paper. Pretty soon he shows it to her. She crumples it up and tosses it on the ground. Mitchell, they are leaving. Yeah. I think I just figured out the deal, that piece of paper. She has them write stuff on it, maybe things that don't mean anything to him. Then she crumples it up and tosses it to the ground beside the bench. Come on. Look, the man over there. He has a bag for scraps of paper. Yeah, and a pointed stick. He could be the contact, but we're beating him to it. Here we are. Now we'll see. What's written on it? Oh, great. Have a look. A drawing. Wait. It's supposed to be you. See? He has entitled it The New Tutor. Yeah. Three heads yet. Yeah. Another lead up in smoke. I'm getting nowhere fast. We tail Henri and Madame Berkoff back to the house. I find them in the kitchen. Madame is dialing a number on the telephone. Ah, oh, such a nuisance, Monsieur Michel. Three times in two weeks. What's the trouble, Madame Berkoff? The boulanger has forgotten to send the brioche again. The who forgot to what? The baker. He forgot to send the breakfast rolls. Hello, hello. Let me speak to Monsieur Fronard. What? 
He's talking to a customer. Very well, I will wait. I do not know what it is these days, Monsieur Mitchell, but it is impossible to get service. If it were not that these were Henri's favorite roles and very hard to get. Henri, remember that nice restaurant in New York? They had some there. Oui, it was a very nice place. Uh, that was the place he played the trick on me. Trick? Mais oui. He pretended to be the waiter. You see, he memorized the entire menu and rattled it off to me. Oh, brother. Do you still remember it, Henri? Oh, I suppose not. Of course I do. See if you can tell Monsieur Michel. All right. Appetizers. Shrimp cocktail, 75, tomato juice, 40, assorted relishes, 60. Soups. Soup de jeu, 50, onion soups. Suddenly it registers the whole deal slides into place. I ease out of the kitchen and get to another phone fast. I have the police trace Madame Berkov's call because I've got a strong hunch it isn't to a bakery, and I'm right. It's to an apartment nearby. I get there fast and barge right in. Oh, At a table by a telephone sits a guy with a pencil and a paper. It's Kenko, the other gent who applied for job as tutor. Hello, Kenko. Go of me. I just want this piece of paper. No. Thanks. Well, well, deciphering a call, huh? Troop movements to Korea. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, save it. You and Madame Berkov have been working this deal together, and you've had a pretty neat setup. She gets the kid to memorize a menu that's really a code message, then she puts in a call to somebody... Supposedly a baker, but it's actually you. No, Mitchell, I do not know So then she gets the kid to repeat whatever it is while she holds the receiver out so you can hear it and take it down. Then you decode it and deliver it. Yeah, very neat, except you just went out of business. Not quite, Monsieur Mitchell. Well, Madame Berkov. Keep your hands in sight, please. I saw you leave the kitchen and realized you must have found out, so I followed you here. Give that message back to Kenko at once. Kenko reaches for it. I start to hand it over, then suddenly grab his wrist and jerk hard. He slips around in front of me just as she pulls the trigger. Kenko! Thanks for the gun, sweetheart. Yeah, you just shot your little playmate. Kenko! Looks like your neat little organization just went out of business. Didn't end up quite the way you'd planned, but I guess it wasn't just in the cards. Or maybe I should say, on the menu. star, Brian Donlevy, will return in a moment. Tuesday night is comedy night here on the NBC Radio Network. There's fun for all because it's all for fun. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis add melody and mirth to our program schedule when they caper through 30 minutes of fun-filled comedy entertainment. Fibber McGee and Molly, longtime favorites of the radio audience, continue to hold their place in the comedy spectrum as they take you to 79 Wistful Vista and Loads of Laughter. Red Skelton's comedy characterizations add life to his rollicking program, and the fun adds up to enjoyable radio listening. And when it's time for Two for the Money, each Tuesday evening you'll know that Herb Schreiner will be handing out chuckling good entertainment along with big cash prizes. Yes, Tuesday night here on NBC Radio adds up to the finest entertainment available today. So keep your date with comedy fun, and next Tuesday listen to Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, Red Skelton... Fibber McGee and Molly, and Two for the Money with Herb Schreiner. They're all on most NBC stations every week. Next week, Tibet. I fly the hump and collect a lump. And that will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. (laughs) 
Featured in tonight's cast were Jeannie Bates, Paul Fries, Larry Dobkin, Peter Votrin, and Jerry Novello. This is John Storm speaking. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell with Herb Butterfield as the commissioner, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jean Doe and is directed by Bill Karn. Be with us next week at this same time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another transcribed Dangerous Assignment. Tomorrow, it's Adventure with Roy Rogers on NBC. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.